Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is October 10th, 7 a.m., and the new AP Top 25 is out uh, for week seven coming up. So the top 10 does have some changes. We have a new number one with Georgia and number two, Ohio State. And Alabama dropped down all the way to number three after they were a 24-point favorite and only beat Texas A&M 24 to 20. Granted, uh, Bryce Young, their quarterback, was out for that game, but Texas A&M definitely sent some shambles, especially offensively. So that was a little surprising. Then you got Clemson at number four, Michigan at five, and Clemson did jump up one spot at number four because Michigan, they were heavy favorite versus Indiana and ended up, it was tied basically 10 10 at halftime, but Michigan pulled it out for the 31 10 victory afterwards. Then you got number six, Tennessee who demolished LSU 40-13 to after they were number eight the previous week. Then you got USC number seven, eight Oklahoma State, Ole Miss number nine, and then Penn State rounded out at number 10. So, again, like I said, there's a new number one. Now Georgia's back in that spot. Bama down to number three. Clemson now number four. And Tennessee is now number six for the top ten shuffles. And also, uh, obviously you guys – 15 more spots too, but Kansas is no longer undefeated as they lost 38 to 31 at TCU, but they did maintain their position as number 19 team in the country right now while TCU moved up to number 13. Uh, and I will add also on top of how Kansas snapped their ranking drought and since 2009 to the past week of being ranked, Illinois did also. So now Illinois is number 24. And that's been 178 polls since last time they were ranked. So years and years for sure. And with that being said, now the other teams with the, or to continue the drought is Rutgers in 2012, Oregon State in 2013, which was the preseason ranking, and Vanderbilt in 2013 at the end of the year. So we'll see what happens with that uh, out, out of those three. Definitely, it seems like Vanderbilt has a long, long, long time to go. So an SEC and they're playing at Alabama next week. So I'm sure that'll be a really tough game for them. But also a pretty intriguing uh, topic also would be how James Madison University, JMU, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, is now ranked number 25 in his first year of FBS football. So I don't know if not everybody knew about this, but JMU was a powerhouse in FCS level. They did win the national championship in 2016. Uh, granted, they would have won more if North Dakota State – they didn't play them all the time, but they did run into them sometimes. So, uh, but the interesting thing is how a jump from FCS level to FBS level is for sixty-three scholarships to then eighty-five scholarships. Typically, it takes a year or two, they say, to just even uh, get used to the, the new level of competition. But for them, they're undefeated and they're already number twenty-five in the nation. So, I do believe why that is is because now the transfer rules is a lot more lax. You don't have to sit out a year. NIL deals, so I think it's really helping college football in general for the mid-majors up to the top power fives to be more competitive all around with the, with the transfer rules. And with that, too, we do have Texas and Kentucky are tied at number 22, which is very rare to see a, a team tied in position in, or a position such as that with the same exact poll numbers. Uh, but like I said, Texas, they did ended up routing Oklahoma, uh, they're eight and a half point favorite with yours at quarterback back, but it ended up routing them 
49-0, and that's for the Red River, Red River rivalry. That definitely is something you don't see very often. Uh, but teams that are out of the top 25, so BYU is out of the top 25, Washington and LSU. Grant, LSU got destroyed by Tennessee. And coming into that for week seven for the ranked games, Penn State, number 10 at number five, Michigan. You got probably the best game of the week will be number three, Alabama, at number six, Tennessee, followed by number eight, Oklahoma State, at number 13, TCU, number 15, NC State, at number 18, Syracuse, number 16, Mississippi State, at number 22, Kentucky, and last, we have number seven, USC, as in Southern California, at number 20, Utah. So definitely a lot of big games coming up. We're finally getting to the meat of the schedule right now for the conference play. So this is when it really gets interesting and fun. And like I said, we'll see how it goes with Tennessee, who has number one offense right now as we're hosting Alabama. Hopefully Bryce Young is back for that week also. So we have an actual, um, you know, starter versus starter matchup for quarterbacks right there because as of right now, Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker, the um, Greensboro, North, Greensboro, North Carolina product, is uh, right neck to neck with the Heisman votings right now, for sure. And let's go ahead and talk about the picks of the week. I'll make a little quicker addition this time, but unfortunately, ended up going one and two this week. But I will start with the All Miss pick. So I did choose All Miss versus Van- Vanderbilt. All Miss was a seventeen point five favorite. I was actually kind of nervous about this. I couldn't believe it when I saw it on TV, but uh, Vanderbilt was up was it, 20 to 19, if I'm not mistaken, at halftime. Yeah, it was 2019, Vanderbilt leading at halftime, but Ole Miss ended up really turning it on and finished out the second half on a 35 to 8 run. Uh, thank goodness that Ole Miss scored a touchdown with 18 seconds left is what really helped us cover that spread, as it was literally 17 prior to them getting that point or that uh, touchdown. And probably one thing that happened with it, even though it was at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt did have a week off prior for their whole bye week. So they had two weeks to prepare for Ole Miss. So definitely made it a little bit more challenging, but it is Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt ended up uh, giving in in the second half. So Ole Miss had 591 total yards, two turnovers, uh, while Vanderbilt had 403 yards and one turnover. And for the stats for Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, 25-32, 448 yards passing, three TDs. The two turnovers were two interceptions. Zach Evans, 11 carries, 80 yards, one touchdown. And Jonathan Mingo had a really, really big day. He had nine catches, 247 yards, and two TDs. And for Vanderbilt, A.J. Swan, 27-38, 281 yards, two TDs. Ray Davis, 27 carries, 105 yards, one TD. And Jalen McGowan, seven receptions, 104 yards, one TD. So ended up that one hit pretty good. And now we'll get to the next one that didn't hit, unfortunately. But I did choose Duke minus 3.5 versus Georgia Tech. I thought because Georgia Tech just beat a then number 24 pit, I did believe that, uh, you know, they probably come off their high horse right there and back to reality. But ended up not being the case as their new interim coach, Brent Key, is undefeated right now, 2-0. and since the firing of their previous head coach to start the year, Jeff Collins. So Duke was down 26 with 10 minutes in the fourth, surprisingly. Ended up tying the game, 
but lost in overtime as Duke missed a 52 yard field goal due to offensive pass interference that really set him back in overtime. So Duke 278 yards total, Georgia Tech 412. Duke did have the only turnover of the game. And granted, the reason why Duke had so many less yards but ended up making 20 points out of it still was because they did have an 81-yard punt return touchdown. And for the stats, Duke, Riley Leonard, 20 for 41, 136 yards, two TDs, one interception. Uh, Joez Moore, 12 carries, 59 yards. And Javius Robertson, three catches for 41 yards. And for Georgia Tech, their do-it-all quarterback, Jeff Sims, the Jacksonville, Florida product, is 23 for 34, 227 yards, two TDs, along with leading Georgia Tech with 17 carries for 95 yards. And Nate McCollum had eight receptions for 101 yards and one TD. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, Duke, they were the favorite, but now they lost the second game. as They lost to Kansas earlier in the year, too, which doesn't look nearly as bad as what I would have thought at the beginning. So... We'll see what happens moving forward on that one. But then for the last game, I did choose ECU plus 3.5 versus Tulane. Ended up Tulane beat them 24-9. So, unfortunately, that was another miss. But really for ECU, um, it was the middle mistakes and turnovers, which even didn't make this game much of a a game, really. So, 419 yards ECU, two interceptions to hold nailers for the, the lone turnovers in this game. And then uh, Tulane had 391 yards total, too. So this is also another miss extra point for Owen Daffer and a field goal block. And uh, I did see how some people were saying this is probably the worst kicking game in America in college football. So I'm probably right there with them, too. So might as well go ahead and recruit a high school kicker in Greenville, North Carolina, because I think at this point he can be better also. ECU, Hull Nailers, 32 for 51 yards, 288 yards. Or, or 32 for 51 for 288 yards, one TD, two interceptions. He always seems to have the turnovers at the worst times. Marlon Gunn Jr., the true freshman, seven carries for 67 yards. Isaiah Winstead, nine receptions for 90 yards. And then Tulane, Michael Pratt came back from shoulder injury, 27-34, 326 yards, and two TDs. Uh, Taiji Spears, 16 carries for 53 yards. And Deuce Watts, four catches for 93 yards and one TD. So, a little tough, especially for an ECU alumni or, or yeah, ECU alum such as myself. Uh, I did think ECU, even I did think it would be a close game and they could have pulled it out. That's what obviously that's why I took the plus three and a half. But just you know, block field goal, miss extra point, pass or uh, unnecessary roughness when you stop them on the goal line, and another set of downs for that. Just no mistakes right there. Just really what killed us on that end. So we'll see what how we go uh, or how we do next week moving forward. But let's definitely stay tuned for week seven coming up as, like I said, definitely got a lot of ranked matchups, the most so far this year, uh, which is well over five. So let's keep in uh, in touch for that and appreciate it. Do follow on uh, Spotify and Apple podcasts also. And moving forward, look forward to next talk Monday morning at 7 a.m. Appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good week.